0: Welcome to the Servants of Fire podcast, where we dive into real-life application of the prophetic, evangelism, pastoring, healing, and so much more. We'll have special guests and your host, Alvin Kaufman.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of the Servants of Fire podcast. This is your host, Elvin Kaufman. In this episode, I'm joined by Kevin Penner of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Kevin and I go on for a conversation for over an hour, and I cut it back down to about 40 minutes in this episode. I hope you enjoy it. At times, my lovely son Isaiah, you will probably hear him. He was having a very bad day, and I don't have a very good soundproof room, so I'm sorry about that. I hope you can bear with it, but without further ado, we're just going to jump right into the conversation we had. Thank you so much for listening
0: yeah i just came off the streets uh just a few minutes ago i just took uh, a friend of mine out, so no it's always good it's always good to have fun on the streets and just um just spreading the love of papa <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome so you you have a mennonite background don't you or
0: I do, yeah yeah i grew up uh emc if you know what that is my mom was mb and i grew up in an emc church i don't really know the differences but yeah i grew up Mennonite, and, and then uh uh, I had a charismatic uncle, aunt, and uncle, and um, and they just told me stories, I guess. And then I started doing some mission trips when I was about 18 or 19 with them, and uh, started getting, I guess, exposed to some other stuff. But it was only uh, it was only six years ago that I had an encounter with Jesus, and then just two and a half years ago, where I just got a uh, still lights went on in a bigger way in, in my righteousness, right? All of our righteousness that's from him and, and how he's given us a brand new spirit. And, and it was really that morning I got that picture of righteousness when uh, I saw my aunt's uh, growth on her leg vanish after praying. And, uh, and then I just kind of went crazy. I went over to Pete's, uh, Pete Cabrera. I spent uh, a week with him and then I came back and my life was spinning. And I spent about six months going out on the streets till 2 a.m. praying for the people and uh, then i found somebody else that um was seeing similar stuff and uh kind of went from there and now we go out uh groups all the way up to about 60 people i guess on uh, on a thursday and we just hit the streets and just minister to people
1: hmm. wow so how, how did that uh, you said it was your aunt that you prayed for and that's where it... yeah.
0: and on my on my wife's side she just become a christian and um Yeah, i just been listening to Curry Blake, I guess, in the morning, and uh, I listened to four hours of Curry Blake, and he was just explaining, I guess, some things that I'd always misinterpreted, and uh, he just explained, you know, our righteousness, and that we can pray in the name of Jesus and expect uh, miracles, and so, boom, I walked out of listening for four hours. My aunt came over for lunch with my mother-in-law, and I told her she'd just become a Christian, so... I was very excited. I told her what I had just learned, and she said, if that's true, then pray for this. She lifted up her pant leg, and there was a large growth on her ankle right between her foot and her leg. There was a large, <laughs> a large visible growth, and she said, "It's, it's that's been on me for years, and it's, it's starting to hurt me. And uh, yeah, you could clearly see there was a large growth on her leg. Probably what had happened is something had fallen on her leg years ago, probably split her bone, and then uh, the calcium just never stopped growing to repair it, and it turned into this hump underneath her quite a large hump underneath her underneath her skin growing on her bone so i brought her over to the uh uh coffee table had her sit down had my mother-in-law who, who i don't think was a believer at the time i had her put her head about a foot and a half away from this ankle and this growth and we both looked at the growth i put my finger on it and i said in jesus name be healed and in front of the three of us it just totally her leg just totally changed growth vanished in like a billionth of a second and her leg was perfect Wow! and when i saw that i knew i had heard the gospel i knew that curry blake had explained the, the gospel to me and uh and yeah that life never was the same <laughs> never was the same after that i saw that 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 you know what it's it's one thing to, to hear about the stories it's another thing to put your finger on a growth a large hard hardest stone growth and it just totally was just vanished it was like right out of star trek except it was like not special effects <laughs> it was real yeah that's crazy and since then i mean we've seen kind okay of, i've seen the uh, deaf mutes and many a couple hundred blind eyes and uh people paralyzed come out of wheelchairs and all kinds of stuff so
1: mm-hmm. wow so how you mentioned like your um i guess your interpretation of righteousness like how can you explain that a little bit more? Like how reading the Bible has changed for you?
0: Yeah, well, if anybody, if anybody's out there, uh, you know, just just not satisfied and just believing that, you know, that there's something just wrong. They don't know what's wrong, but there's just something that's the the Christian life is not, it's not the joy, joy, joy. You're not experiencing the peace. You're not experiencing uh, feeling complete and whole. Then I encourage you to explore. Uh, what what some people might call, in a, in a, they use a negative term, or they call it "greasy grace." <laughs> That's supposed to be like some kind of derogatory term, but but really, grace, grace is to me, its grace is what Jesus uh, made available to us. Grace is what became available on the cross. It says Jesus brought grace and truth, and so He brought the kingdom. He brought He made something available to us that was invisible. Uh, to us and and faith all faith is you know i i i was in you know after being in the mennonite circles i was in the word of faith circles and i obviously had gotten it wrong i try to build faith up i try to somehow memorize scripture and then try to convince my mind and try to like just memorize stuff and then say it over and over and just try to convince myself of stuff and and I thought that was faith, and you know, if you're going to pray for somebody, you gotta you know, build yourself up and and do all this stuff. And um, I don't believe any of that anymore. <laughs> I don't I don't do any of that. Uh, faith is simply I believe faith is it's so much simpler than that. It's infinitely simpler than that. Faith all faith is is seeing grace. Like faith is a response to grace. And so if you if you see what Christ has done, that's faith, and then you. You act on that, I guess. I mean, you see it. It's, it's obvious. Hope, I believe, is building up to something. But faith is seeing what grace has accomplished. And so you're not doing anything. Faith isn't... I'm not accomplishing something by faith. All I'm doing is faith is is the sight to see what Christ has already done. And then you just you just take advantage of that. I don't, I don't know. As, as far as righteousness goes, I like to use the word completeness. Because when I found righteousness, one of the definitions, or one of the best definitions of righteousness is means as if you've never sinned (laughs) as if you've never sinned he he didn't fix you You this is one of the misconceptions i have i thought christ fixed me somehow he washed me with soap this the 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 songs of like he washed me white as snow uh i think they can convey the wrong message he didn't he didn't he didn't wash me white as snow he he killed me he killed everything that was wrong with me and then he gave me his spirit he gave me something that's never sinned, never has sinned, has no history of sin, never going to know history of sin. He gave me the spirit of Alpha and of the Omega. He gave me a sin that's or sorry, he gave me a spirit that's always been pure, always will be pure, and is his life and his life comes within us.
1: Yeah, I find it interesting like how that experience has changed your whole relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It changes <laughs> everything because once you start to see, once you start to know that he's already done it, once you start to realize that your part to play is, real, I believe the gospel is just seeing the goodness of the Father. Jesus came to reveal Jesus, or sorry, Jesus came to reveal the Father, and, and Jesus is the full revelation of the Father. So if you're wondering what the Father is like, you just look at Jesus, and that's what the Father looks like. And he came to reveal the Father. He says, I do nothing on my own. Yeah. But I do what the Father, you know, instructs me, and do what the Father shows me. And so it's just so I believe the renewing of the mind is to see how good God is. There is no shadow in God. There is no darkness in God. There's nothing to be afraid of in God. God is only good, and there is no shadow in Him. Like there's just nothing to be afraid of.
1: So, what would you tell? I guess if somebody's curious about um, God healing people, how would you encourage them to step out in that aspect of? It?
0: Mm. Well, I think I think. You know, if you, if you, the, the, one of the easiest ways to do it, because I, I do it, I've, I've gone out with hundreds of people. I'm sure it's got to be in the thousands by now in the last two and a half years. But I go on, I was actually on the streets earlier today, but um, bringing somebody out that never done this. But I, I think the easiest would be is if you can find somebody in your area, it's worth even driving out and um, finding somebody that's actually doing it already and just, just go for a few hours or, or whatever they're able to do, and just go out with them for a period of time and just observe. Because because the truth is that um, that you have everything. If you're in Christ, if you if you've received Christ, if you believe Jesus is who He says He is, you have everything you need. And 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 regardless of whether you've seen it or you haven't seen it, uh, you can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You can you can you can. You can do that, but sometimes it's easier to go with a person that's done it before, and uh, often their confidence will enable you to to be able to step out. And so, yeah, the I think the first thing to if you if you're able to find find somebody to go out with, if you can't, if you if you don't know anybody, then just go out in the streets, go out and be friendly to people, and uh, buy them ice cream, buy them pizza, sit down, let them share their hearts. And uh, if they happen to have a, a blind eye, if they happen to have pain in their body, if they happen to have a deaf ear, if they happen to be uh, like today, I just sat down beside somebody in the mall. I, I mean, I was just having lunch with my friend and it just so happened the person right beside us was uh, was a deaf mute. And um, I, I I've prayed for deaf mutes before and I've, I've seen them totally get their their everything back. And so, uh, so we just engaged with this person that the person I was with, on the streets today, she actually knew a little bit of sign language, which was really fortunate. And she signed a few things and just asked if we could pray for her. She said she was Catholic and she was totally open to being prayed for. And so uh, we just laid hands on her on her ears and just commanded them to open and asked her, uh, you know, through through sign language, if she could tell if there was a change or no change. And she said uh, that there was a change and she she could hear a little bit. And we prayed a few more times and it didn't go beyond just hearing a little bit but we just encouraged her that god loved her and i just totally believe um that a seed went into her there's so many people i pray for on the streets where i don't see an immediate manifestation or a full manifestation but yet they'll come to me days weeks months later Uh, i've had so many people come to me and just show me you know that they're totally fixed and, uh, and so, you know, if you don't see the instant manifestation, there's nothing wrong with you. It, Jesus explains that the, the kingdom is like a, a man that went out to sow some seed. And, and all we're doing when we go out on the streets is we're seeding the love of God. We're letting people know that God is way better. Their father in heaven is far better than they ever imagined. And and one of the ways that we can display that besides uh, bringing food with us, you know, besides bringing clothing with us, You know there's so many ways to be good to people just to let them know how valued they are but one of the other ways we can do it as well is is to pray for people that have physical ailments and as a a sign uh you're going to see those change and whether you see it happen immediately in front of your eyes as as actually we do very very commonly we see tons of instant healings uh sometimes we don't sometimes we see partial healings or or no manifestation at all but you know you're not doing it wrong you just we don't you know i try not to play the wonder game Any longer we actually prayed for a lady uh, this afternoon that had uh, a deaf ear and I asked her how long she'd had that for One year was good and one year was deaf I asked her how long she'd had that for she said she'd had it all her life and I just asked her I said hey Can I close off your ear and uh, your your good ear and just whisper as quiet as I can to you And just to let me know if you can hear anything out of that ear And she thought it was kind of strange but she said sure and so I closed off her one ear and I whispered my name into her I said my name is Kevin And then I looked back at her and I said, "Could you hear that? And she said, she said, no, she she said, I can't hear you. I said, all right. I said, I'm I'm just going to pray for you and then I'm going to test it again. So just laid hands on her ear and uh, just, I just said the deafness go. And uh, I just covered her other ear again. And I whispered so quietly into her ear that I couldn't even hear my, my own self hear it, And uh, I just, I whispered, uh, I can't even remember what I whispered. Anyways. I looked at her, and she said, that is so weird. She said, I can hear now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that was just like, I don't know, two hours ago. And so she was born that way. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, we did see some, some uh, one person get their, their deaf ear, and we also saw, prayed for somebody that had poor sight in one of their eyes this afternoon. And he said he had one good eye and one fuzzy eye, and laid hands on his eye, and uh, it just commanded the blindness to go and And I asked him to check and he said, I cannot tell the difference between my eyes anymore. He said, they both have perfect vision now. That was an hour and a half ago, probably. And so, yeah, I mean, anybody that's listening to this, I just encourage you to go out and just, just go on the streets, just go out and just, just be gentle to people, be loving to people. Don't try to say the sinner's prayer with them. Don't try to make them do anything. Just love on them. Just be gentle to them. Be kind to them. And, uh, yeah, and if you do find something that's wrong with them, ask them. And if you know if they're not open to prayer, then then that's the end of the discussion. Don't don't uh, try to enforce your will on somebody else. You're there to love on people. You're there to show uh, the character of God, and and that's really what we're called to do. And and one of the ways we can do it is by praying for the sick and, and seeing all these things.
1: Well, yeah, and saying in single I said like in the Gospels, it's as as they went, you know, just what. It reminded me of saying, talking about, you don't always see the physical manifest right away, but people come back to you and they say, you know, like this improved over time. And that's, I think that was one of the questions I was going to ask you was, how do you approach people to even pray for them? But I mean, that you do it authentically out of trying to build a relationship with them, not just to pray for them to see healed.
0: And and that's been a bit of a journey for me. I think in the beginning, I was so totally... Thrilled that you could lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I did go out and and mostly You know just go out and find as many broken people as I could to pray for Because I mean I just saw I saw all kinds of I saw I remember one of the first nights I ever went out I saw a guy who had a broken arm and his, his arm bone snapped into place and he felt it I mean he wasn't a believer. He wasn't trying to be nice to me He's like I just felt my arm snap into place all the pain left and he had full use of his arm he just put a cast on it. I think the day before his whole arm was cast and You can tell that there was nothing wrong with his arm. But yeah, I used to go out there and just hunt for that. But you know, and and now I like to go out. I take groups out, and obviously, when I take groups out, people really want to see stuff. And so I do go around, and I'm, I'm fairly, you know, I, I don't hesitate to ask people on the streets, you know, if they have anything up with them. But one of the things is, is that when I, I have been on the streets for two and a half years, and a lot of these people I run into on the streets. They've seen me. They've known me. I've had conversations with them before, and uh, built somewhat of a rapport on, on, with people that are that are on Main Street, that are on uh, the streets of Winnipeg. And so, yeah, there's an openness. But yeah, I guess from where I started in my journey of like, woo, I can see this cool stuff, and and then that it is cool. It's amazing. It's it's totally amazing. But the thing is, yeah, there's a shift that happens over time because it's not. Paul talked about it in 1 Corinthians, and he said, you know, if you do all these things, whether you prophesy and you, Mm -hmm. you know, you you see all these miracles and you give away all your money and you give away even your body and and so on. It says, give your body to be burned, but you have not love. He says it profits nothing. And so, yeah, wow. Yeah, that's something. And so I, I believe it's awesome you know new christians or new believers or people that have just discovered that the kingdom of god is actually real and exists yeah you can get excited and and you know what and, and there's room for that there's there's some balance but ultimately the balance that i believe that should come to us as we get to know who papa is is you know as we get set free in our hearts how do we get set free how do we get set free just because somebody prays for our eyes and we can see Somebody prays for my back pain, you know, I had back pain years ago and I, I I was instantly healed. Somebody laid hands on me, I was instantly healed. But, you know, do we get set free that way? It's awesome that people walk walking away with whole bodies and everything else. But you know what? Those are just seeds. I believe they're just calling bells to get to know the Father. Mm-hmm. And and if somebody's, you know, I, just, I prayed for a lady last week on the streets and uh, she said both her eyes were fuzzy. And so I said, okay. I said, I, there was a bunch of streetlights out in there. I said, are they big balls or are they like sharp? And she said, no, they're all like big balls of light because her, her eyes couldn't focus on them. And put my hand on her and just uh, her eyes. I asked to pray, to pray for her. And uh, I prayed. And I took my hands off and I said, what do you see? And she said, everything's sharp. I, and I said, well, what about the streetlights? lights? are they like big balls or they like sharp, defined circles. And she says, they're like sharp, defined circles. And then she turned to me and she said, I tried to kill myself last night. And, she said, can you, and yeah, she said, can you help me? And you know what? It was awesome that she got her eyesight back. But you know what? She hardly even blinked over that because she was hurting so much on the inside. And she wanted to know how to get rid of this hurt. And she was so hurting that she hardly even noticed that she got her eyesight back. And, you know, I just, I just took her aside and I just shared with her. And honestly, I think the best thing I did for her that evening was not getting her eyesight back. It was like hugging her for like 30 or 40 seconds and just telling her how valuable she was, you know, and we had some food and we gave her some food, but really I think it was the hug and just letting her know that she was loved. That was far more important to her than her eyesight. And so, yeah, it's great. It's great. We can go and, and pray for the sick and, and see all these amazing miracles. But I think that uh, as we mature and as we grow, You know, honestly, these people have to live with themselves 24-7. And if they've got fear and anxiety and worry on the inside of them, you know, it doesn't matter how many blind eyes and deaf ears you heal on them, they're still hurting on the inside. And, And I believe the only way that that hurt can ever disappear, the only way that anxiety can ever disappear is by people being able to trust in God. And the only way they can ever trust in God is knowing that he loves them unconditionally and there's nothing they can do to possibly... Expand on that love his God's love is so expanded. It's so huge And it's so good that we can actually put our full trust in him And we no longer have to carry the burdens of this world and and ultimately that's there's no pill There's no psychology. There's no counseling. There's no Bible verses that are gonna help you with that I believe you actually have to experience the love of God and then you actually have to let go and just believe that he's gonna be there When you need him which is all the time
1: Wow That's awesome. I, uh, I can just sense your, your heart and the direction, you know, sometimes I, I think even in my walk, I've gotten it backwards where, you know, you kind of elevate the gifts rather than the relationship with God, you know? Sure. And, uh, man, that, that's so good and encouraging to hear. Um, but I got another question for you too. Is, is there sure. any way that you would like to see church done differently because of what you were walking now or experiencing on the street?
0: Mm. Well, you know, church. Church is a pretty. I mean, when we use the word church, we're, we're generally talking about our, our get-togethers in, in in these buildings. Uh, and church experience, you know, will vary vastly from from one one group of believers to another. I mean, you've got, and it's not denominational wise right? It's there's certain cultures and things that are happening. And So, but I, you know, I, I honestly believe that I honestly believe if, if uh, the best way that that churches can help people is just by uh, by knowing God themselves, like without trying to fix other people, I think, I think, you know, if you want to minister, first you need to first you need to be ministered to by the Holy Spirit. You need to know God's love. You need to have peace. I believe. I believe a lot of us, including myself, have ministered for decades out of out of uh, just a brokenness on the inside, and we're so we don't know any alternative. And every single it seems like there's so much you know fear, anxiety, and worry seems to be just as rampant or even worse. In the church, then, without, and I believe the reason for that is that people, even people in ministry, like in leadership, don't have a, a firm grasp on the goodness of God. And if and if you don't have that basis in your own life, like how good God is, how amazing He is, that there is no shadow. If you don't have that, then then how can you minister, you know, how can you minister peace to people? And so, I, honestly, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't change. You know, it's not about changing. uh, What's happening in church? You know, I think the root—the root issue for all of humankind, whether you're a believer or not believer—the root of humankind's problems is rooted in the fact that you think that you lack something. And uh, you know, in, in the in the garden, going back to uh, Genesis three five, it, the snake went to uh, Lucifer went to Eve and said, uh, you know, if you want to be like God, you know, if you want to be like Him, you're going to have to eat this fruit and and Genesis 1:26 God was very clear he said you are made in the image and likeness of me and so God was saying you're made in the image and likeness of me and and Satan was saying if you want to be in the likeness of God you've got to do something and so i believe that lie has perpetuated itself through the through the eons of people believing they have to do something to be like God they have to do something to be righteous they have to do something and so, yeah, you know, I guess if, I, if there would be one message that I could just just encourage people in is is knowing that that you don't have to do anything. Like God has made us in the image and likeness of Him, and and yeah, sure we fell out the garden. I agree, we fell out the garden. But you know, Christ came and He He didn't He didn't return things just the way they used to be. He actually He says He made us brand new creations. And and before and during the times of when Adam and Eve were made. They had a face-to-face relationship with the Father, and what's changed now is we've moved from a face—we've moved from face-to-face relationship in the garden to actually, we're so close now with Jesus. He actually changed in such a way that we actually share the same Spirit, and so we're one Spirit with Him. Before we were face-to-face, we had full access to Him in the garden before the fall, and now after Christ, we've actually got the same Spirit. We actually, we've He's actually brought us so closely together, we've actually become one spirit. He actually puts his spirit in us, and we are made in the image and likeness. But more than that, we are joined together with him. We're not separated from him in any way. And so if people start to understand that we're not separated from God, when we're in Christ, we have his spirit and there's nothing you need to do. There's no works that you need to do in order to have a relationship with God. You can literally rest. In knowing that you have full relationship with them right now, and and the other part of that is, if we don't have to do anymore, then people will say, "Well, how's anything going to get done? How's 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 you know if we're if we're already where we need to be, then 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 what's the point of anything? And and I believe in uh, in uh, Galatians 5:22 and 23, it says that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. And so what happens is as we get established in the love of God as we get established that there is no barrier there is there is peace between us and God there is nothing separating us any longer as we get a just a just a firm foundation in ourselves the that foundation will produce automatically without any effort it will produce a life of loving God of loving others because one of the first fruit listed in Galatians 5:22 is love that's a fruit of being loved by God. And so all these things come about. The Christian life doesn't come about by us putting a strong effort in. The Christian life, the true Christian life comes about by actually being grounded in the Father's love, being totally at peace with our existing relationship with God right now through Christ. And then and then it's an automatic uh fruit-bearing process where you will, you will actually be completely unable to not love. It, it's, you're going to be compelled to love. You're going to be compelled to, to walk in peace. You're going to experience patience without effort. And, and the Christian life is really a completely effortless process. Um, our process, the only process I believe the Bible is ta- telling us to do, is to labor to enter that rest. Hmm. We're supposed to labor to, to get a revelation. Uh, our, our hearts are to move towards a place of just, just getting a firm foundation that we are no longer in a place of trying to be like God. We are in a place now of full relationship with him, and from that rest comes fruit. And from that fruit, uh, I believe the kingdom of God is established on this earth and people actually experience the goodness of God.
1: Wow. So is there any, I guess I know you mentioned Curry Blake and you're watching the videos, but is there any other resources that you would kind of recommend for people that, like, Obviously what I'm hearing you say, it's all about identity from, mm. from the garden, you know, and is there any resources that maybe you've picked up a lot of what you believe now and have that foundation? Like besides the Bible, yeah. obviously.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, the Bible is fantastic. You know, I found, I found the Bible, uh, without context is, is just, a, uh, it's not a, you know, we really need to understand context and, uh, I think a lot of the misunderstandings about what the gospel is all about and so on comes from not understanding context. And so I would just encourage people, um, I guess, you know, Andrew Womack, awmi.net, fantastic rounded resource, just fantastic. Uh, You've already got it. Uh, Andrew's got a a book and a free uh, audio series. You've already got it. And so I would go to awmi.net and – and look up, you've already got it. But all his materials is free online. It's fantastic. Yeah, Curry Blake, DHT, Curry Blake, New Man, uh, is fantastic. Joseph Prince is is amazing, just establishing you and just who you are in Christ. A great, a great, a fantastic resource of just understanding the goodness and the grace of God is uh, Paul Ellis. He writes, he has a blog called uh, escape to reality.org. Uh, he's written a number of books and uh, just fantastic. He Really, Paul Ellis does a fantastic job of just taking some of the really hard to understand scriptures in the Bible. Some of the things that make us, when you read it without understanding context, you just think God's like, wow, God's like not a good God. Because I, you read that and it's like, wow, God's, God's not good. And so Paul takes those verses where we have traditionally uh, held you know some unfortunate views of God, and he just goes through it and he puts it in the correct context, and it just makes those verses just make so much sense, and they just bring so much joy uh, when you understand it correctly. So Paul Ellis is great, of course. Todd White is fantastic, uh, and there's so many other good good stuff. But if you start off with just those few links that I gave you, that would already set you off and, on a great. Uh, the, one more, I would really encourage you. I guess is Arthur Minches. Uh, he does some teaching at Andrew Womack as well. Uh, Arthur Menchez has a fantastic testimony and just some great uh, resources as well. And, of course, my website, JesusHeals.ca. You can always contact me online. I'd be happy to, uh, you know, provide those links or uh, any other resources I can for any listeners that are interested. Thanks.
1: So is there any one testimony that just stands out that maybe finish us off
0: with? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let me think. You know, I, w- sure, I'll, I'm going to share about my first blind eye. My first uh, blind eye, they got a hundred percent sight back. So I I uh, I went after blind eyes for a while. I never saw any blind eyes open. Uh, for me, in my head, I had this thing like, you know, seeing pain and broken bones healed was in kind of one category, but blind eyes, uh, deaf buttes people paralyzed were in a diff- different category. And so, Anyways, I went after blind eyes and I probably paid, played or prayed for, um, I don't know, over 100 people with blind eyes. I actually even went to a blind school in Africa and asked to pray for all the students there. You know, I prayed for, I prayed for, uh, yeah, I don't know how many blind people I prayed for, somewhere between 100 and 150 blind people. I never saw one blind eye open uh, in front of me but I continued to go after it. I really believe that, that I saw other people have testimonies about blind eyes. And so I continue, I continued to go after it, even though um, I had never seen it yet. And, uh, and so I remember, I remember uh, going out and just praying for people and just, just absolutely just desiring it. And uh, I went out, I went out one morning with a pastor friend of mine and we, I found one guy that was blind in um, a tourist place. I prayed for him. He had a, he was very blind. He was completely blind. And uh, I prayed for him. We saw no change. I honestly thought I was going to see it. I just had it in my heart. I was going to see it. Then uh, later that afternoon, we ran into another person that was completely blind, uh, 100% blind. And she didn't even want prayer. So she was like, okay, that's not going to work. Then we found a third person that day that had a, a totally blind eye. I prayed for her. Uh, and she got 50% of her sight back, which was astonishing. I've never seen anybody's sight change at all. She got 50% of her sight back. And then, so that just fueled me to see more. And then it was about a week later, I went out uh, again with a, a, another pastor friend of mine. And I found a lady. And actually, this this and everything I'm saying here is actually on YouTube. And um, if you go to jesusheals.ca and click on uh, See Actual Miracles, this is on there. So anyways, I found this lady. And she had been blind. I think she was blind in the in this eye. She was completely blind for 19 years. And so I just remember uh, putting my hand and getting permission from her. Actually what happened is, this is part of the story, this would be interesting. So I I stopped the three of them in the mall and I just talked to them for a little bit. And I said, what do you got on your bodies? Like if you could see something disappear, what would it be? And uh, this lady said she had a cold and then this other person had a problem with her shoulder. Can't remember. Anyways, they all had something. So I prayed for all three of them and I saw two of them instantly healed. And then one of them that had the sore throat didn't get healed. And I thought, that's strange. It's like these other two people had way more serious stuff and they got instantly healed. And then this lady who had a cold, her her throat didn't get any better. And so I took her aside and I said, like, that's just weird. Your friends got healed. How come you didn't get healed? I said, is there anything else going on in your life? Like, is there anything else in your body that's not working? And she said, well, I guess I've got a blind eye. And I went, oh, I said, well, that that would be something. I said, and then uh, the rest is history. The rest is on YouTube. I put my, I, I got permission for her. I, I got the other two people she was with to pay attention. And I just asked her if I could put my hand in her eye. And we just commanded blindness to go in Jesus' name. And I took off my hand and I asked her what she could see. And uh, she tested it. And, and she just said, I have HD vision. She was so shocked that she could see out of this eye that I think had been blind for like 19 years. And she could see everything. She could see perfectly perfect vision. So anyways, that was the first time I'd ever seen a, a 100% blind eye come back. But then since then, we've seen, like I said, we've seen a, at least, a, I've stopped counting kind of keeping track, but we've seen just in Winnipeg alone, I'm sure we've seen 200 plus uh, blind eyes totally healed. So.
1: Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and I, I mean, it, it's interesting, like I've had conversations with some of my other friends too, and even I think Todd White in his testimony he gives that even before he was seeing a lot of Miracles or healings happen Like he prayed for hundreds of people before it finally. I don't know exactly what what he said, but it was like God just enabled him with that kind of uh, power or whatever, and said, "I'm giving you this responsibility." And now he sees it all the time, you know. But I mean, to hear that from you as well—that you just kept going after it, even after not seeing it—I mean, that was you were putting a demand on heaven for that, you know. That's someone. Yeah.
0: So all right, and I don't—I don't understand how that all works one of the things even for me and I've seen a, I've seen thousands of miracles you know I, I go up in an evening and sometimes I just don't see you know what I want to see but one of the things I do is if I, I don't I, if there's a hunger in your heart still I like to persevere right to the end one of the things I like to encourage people to do is if if you go out and you pray for the sick and you don't see a lot like just keep on going don't I mean if you got to be back at your house by nine o'clock don't come back at 859 like just go right to the very end. <laughs> there's so many stories I have going right to the end and just see, uh, maybe I forgot time for one more really sh- one story in regards to that perseverance. Uh, is that right? Do we have time for a story? Yeah. About perseverance?
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, I went, uh, I went to, uh, I was asked to speak at a halfway house. So people transitioning out of prison into society. And I was told that these people were kind of cold to the gospel, but, um, anyways, there's an opportunity for me to, to speak there. And, and, uh, So I went down there and I I preached my little heart out, man. And I just bragged on God. I just told people like God was just like the the best thing that ever happened. And, And then I just told them some stories about healing. And apparently these guys were cold. And I just managed to persuade them, like, just take a risk. And like, who's got something wrong with their bodies? And I got about three people in that group, which was huge. Like, they were stepping out. I got three people to come forward for prayer in that group. I prayed for them, and I saw nothing. I saw I saw nothing. It looked like God didn't even exist. It was like I told them about all these instant miracles. I prayed for them, and it was like, dead. you could hear a cricket chirp in that place. And I was like, what was going on there? But, you know, and I totally believe that, you know, those people got ministered to later. But I was expecting an instant manifestation, and they never saw it. It was like I was some nutcase that went to speak because they never saw nothing. And I was just so, you know, I wasn't mad at God. God's already said yes. I never asked God about this stuff. God's like, yes and amen. He did it already 2,000 years ago. It's up to us to use the authority he's given us. And so anyways, I preached there and I didn't see nothing. And then I was just like, no, I'm not. I'm totally unsatisfied. So I decided to spend the rest of the day on the streets. And so I went on the streets and I prayed for like a zillion people. I don't know how many people. And I saw nothing. I saw absolutely zippo. I mean, I saw, I think somebody was trying to be nice to me. I had a headache. I get them to rate it out of 10. They had a headache, like a, a 5 out of 10. And I think just being nice, they said it went to a 3 out of 10. It was like, what? <laughs> it was like, what? I was like all day. I was out in the streets for at least 6, 7 hours after that prison thing in the morning. And I didn't see nothing. I prayed for people. I saw no instant manifestations. And I was just like, I am just not satisfied. And then I had a meeting with my, uh, my, my son-in-law's father. So, you know, not a relative of mine, but my son-in-law's dad, and I had been telling him all about these miracles. I mean, I was telling everybody about these miracles. And I, anyways, that day I didn't see nothing. And I was supposed to meet him at a mall and we we're supposed to have coffee. And then and then I thought, well, maybe there's somebody at the mall who might need prayer or something. So I arranged to meet him at the mall at 6.30 in the evening. So I was on the streets from like 9 o'clock in the morning. I, I was praying for people. I, I made it to the mall and uh, I got there at 6.30 and he's not there. He texted me, and he's a few minutes late, and he told me to meet me at this certain place uh, in the mall, like at this food court. And I'm sitting there at the, at the food court, and I see four, who do I see there? But I see four deaf mutes sitting exactly right beside me at this place that we're supposed to. And I looked at these guys, and there four of them are signing to each other. They're about 17, 18 years old, and they're signing to one another, and you can tell like, that they, they're all deaf. And I thought there's just no way. I said there's just no way in my mind. i said, this cannot be a coincidence. It's a total God setup. I said that totally God. I said that is mine. And I, I went to these these deaf mutes and uh, and I just uh, was able to communicate using my phone and just texting them like just typing on my phone. And I typed them uh, some stuff and uh, and basically I just asked them if they're open to prayer. And I had a video actually. I had a video that I had transposed. And my video, I, the audio was so poor, I'd actually put words on the bottom and I showed them this video. And it was actually a deaf mute that I prayed for in Africa. It was my first deaf mute I'd ever seen. The only one at that time I'd ever seen. And anyways, I put the words to the bottom of the video and I I showed these four deaf mute kids this video and they watched it and they looked at me and they they were able to communicate and they said, Well, we're Christians, but we've never heard of this kind of a miracle. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. You've never heard of it. Of that, But anyways, uh, I said, and then they said, well, like, what are you trying to communicate to us? Are you telling us that if you pray for us, you think that, like, our our hearing will come back? And I said, yes, I totally believe. I said, I believe that if you let me pray for you, you're going to get your hearing back. And they, all of them, had all gone to deaf, Manitoba deaf school. They'd never heard in all their life. They didn't have that hearing stuff in their ears because there was nothing to all get up to. They were 100% deaf, born that way, went through whole deaf community, the whole bit. They couldn't hear nothing. And so, anyways, they they let me pray for them. So I went to the I went to the first. It was two girls and two guys. I prayed for the first deaf mute, put my hands on a couple times, and nothing, no change at all. And I said, okay, so I'll pray for the next one. I prayed for the next one, no change. And that time, that, at that time, the, uh, the my uh, son in law's dad showed up. And he sees me and he thinks I'm insane. He sees I'm praying for these deaf mutes at the mall, like in front of the public. And I just said, here, and actually I have this, I never put this up on video because I actually wanted to get a hold of these guys later and actually show them that they're talking. But anyways, I uh, I had him hold the phone. So actually I actually have this on video. Anyways, And I said, I want you to video. So I said, these kids are totally going to get their hearing back. And he says like... So what have you all done? I said, well, I pray for two people and they haven't got their hearing back. But I said, they're totally going to get their earring back. And he, this guy thinks I'm nuts. So anyways, I prayed for the third guy. No change. Just totally death is a stone. <laughs> and, I, and uh, you know, with a natural eye, this looks like it's going bad. And I said, you know, I told the guy that I was with, I said, I'm going to pray for this fourth guy. I said, his ears are totally going to open up. And then I said, and I said, then it's going to be like popcorn. They're all going to get it. <laughs> and I he didn't believe a word I was saying. And I think he was just embarrassed, it was just embarrassing because like people were seeing what we were doing with these deaf mutes. Anyways, I, I laid my hands on this fourth guy and I commanded his ears to open and boom, one ear opens up and it gets louder and louder and louder. And louder. He's indicating that and then boom, the other ear opens up and he gets loud and he gets his full hearing back. Like wow. first time he's ever heard, it. he gets like 100%. He can hear everything, he can hear like a whisper. And those other three kids are like, what? They're like shocked and the guy's like saying to them, I can hear, I can hear, I can hear. And so these other guys, I said, can I pray? And it was like, yeah. <laughs> and I prayed for or the four of the three of them instantly got their hearing back. I'm sure the fourth one got it too. I just never I just never uh, saw it instantly. But three of the four of them got their hearing back in that mall. And, and you know, I like to use that as an illustration of perseverance because, you know, it just looked like it was going to be, it was a day going from bad to worse. But if we persevere and push through, I've got so many stories like that where you just go right to the end and you totally see like the total breakthrough in, in, uh, in just hitting a new level and what God can manifest on the earth. So anyways, I just said that whole story to just encourage people like if you don't see it the first time, if you don't see it the 50th time, if you don't see it the 1,000th time, like just keep on going. Like, Just do not give up. Uh, perseverance is just a vital part of the gospel. And so I don't think it's going to take any viewer anywhere close to that to, to get a breakthrough. But regardless of what it is, just totally go for it. I, I believe we just totally have to. If you know it says it in the Word of God, then just just persevere. You will see. You will see it. Wow.
1: Well, thanks so much for joining me today and um, giving us all the stuff to chew on. That oh man, that's so good. I love that last testimony.
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me on the on the podcast. It was a pleasure. I know we went. A bit over time, but uh, I just hope the, uh, the the listeners are just encouraged to just persevere. You know, persevere. See God. You know, the kingdom of God is real. God's real. God's in love with you. You know, and, and, and there is just way more for us to all to explore and find. Mm-hmm. Kingdom of God is is vast, and there's so much for each one of us.
1: Well, just uh, maybe give uh, people your website again and how they can just get in touch with you.
0: Sure. Yeah. So uh, Jesus heals ca uh it's a great way from there you can access my facebook you can uh, send me an email and there's some videos on there my youtube channel link and everything else so it's really easy to get a hold of me and i love just uh uh communicating with people and sharing with people and if you've got uh you know something that you want to talk about or whatever don't hesitate to reach out i just uh i just love uh sharing the goodness of god with as many people as i can
1: right on well thanks again
0: great thanks so much for your time
1: Thanks for joining us on the second episode of the Servants of Fire podcast. If you enjoyed this, please give us a follow on Twitter at Servants of Fire pod or on our Facebook group, Servants of Fire podcast.